Welcome back to Thrive, your agency resource. Um, today we are answering a question, and the question is, what is your leadership story? My guest is Aaron Rose, and Aaron is a transformational coach, an inclusive culture consultant, and a motivational speaker. Um, he's worked with organizations like McKinsey, Columbia in uh, University, T-Mobile, um, Greenpeace. I mean, just doing really, really incredible um, diversity and inclusion work. Um, he's also worked with a lot of public figures, really helping them to embrace their unique role in building a better world. So all of you know that this is a conversation that's near and dear to my heart. I recently came across Aaron on Michael Ventura's podcast, Applied Empathy. And that show, I was literally nodding my head every single word that was coming out of Aaron's mouth. So I felt the need to connect and he's with us today. So Aaron, welcome and thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's really wonderful to be here. I remember when that podcast came out and it was like probably within 30 minutes, I had an email from you um, <laughs> and there was just clearly such strong alignment here. Yeah. So um, with this leadership story theme that we're, we're sort of covering today, um, I want to start out by talking about the inner work that is really calling to a lot of leaders, regardless of you know, what organizations they may be leading um, today we're talking to, you know, creative and technology agency leaders, but, but inner work that's calling to leaders, even unconsciously. So, you know, you are um, so tuned in and so, so tapped in to the why for all of this. So like, why is this happening at this particular moment in our collective lives? Mm, such a beautiful question. And I invite everybody to really let that question sink in and almost to make meaning of it for yourself first to feel into like, what was your first reaction to that? Why? Because owning our why is really what makes all of this possible. From my perspective, um, we have been, we're actually in a really beautiful phase of human evolution where uh, we finally have the resources to deal with all of the ways that we have experienced the illusion of separation, separation from ourselves, from our own authentic nature, as well as separation from other human beings. And really the opportunity at this time is to clean up the detritus of the past and then to give ourselves permission to release our nervous system's attachment to feeling really stressed out and defensive all the time. Um, and to figure out what it would be like to be a human being who was living life from a place of being motivated by love and expansion and adventure rather than chaos and scarcity and fear. Um, and the perspective that I work with is very multidimensional. There's lots of different ways that we can see why this is happening at this time, but one of the simplest ways that I like to feel into it is really that a lot of people in a sort of growing wave have been saying, is this all there is? And there's mm -hmm. gotta be a better way. Um, even in my own, my own life and in my work in the last six months, 12 months, two years, three years, more and more people are willing to admit that what was the ideal of how to live your life isn't fully nourishing us. Right. Um, and are starting to look around and say, okay, if I've admitted that this isn't working for me in whatever way, um, then there's that opening to have a new experience. Right, right. And um, just talking about admittance for a second, 
I think um, there, there is so much sort of beauty in, in letting go, right? In being honest with ourselves first. Um, the antithesis of that would be sort of the, the faking positivity that we see on social media and things along those lines. Admitting to yourself first, this isn't actually what I wanted my life to look like, or this doesn't feel like what I thought it would feel like. Um, it's, it's such a great place to start. And, you know, it's almost like we are focusing on all of these external factors, right? Like society says owning an agency, we have to have, you know, this range of revenue and we have to have this number of full-time employees and maybe multiple office locations. Um, why do we focus so much on the external and what are we missing when we do that? Mm. I mean, we really live in a world that programs us to look externally, that, that gives us the instinct that what is outside of us is more real than what is inside of us. Again, many reasons for this, but the image that comes to mind right away is the way in which we often habitually condition children to not be able to understand and relate to their own instincts. You know, a kid says, I feel sick. And the parent questions them and is like, no, you just don't want to go to school right now. Um, or a child is like, I don't want to hang out with that person. or I don't want to go to that birthday party. Or I want to listen to this song. And there's some kind of external arbitration on their deeply held self-expression and, and sense of what drives them forward. Um, and we, many of us have had that experience of being conditioned to disregard our gut instinct and mm. to look outside of ourselves for an external authority to tell us what is right, right and wrong. And we accepted that because on a deep core level as a child, the calmer the nervous systems of your caretakers are, the safer you feel. And okay. so you actually equate, even if it's a violation of your boundaries or your needs, you equate them getting what they want with your safety because you rely on them for food and shelter and all of that. So on a core evolutionary level, it really crosses our wires. Um, and we're just in such an overstimulated, um, from one perspective, world right now in terms of just having the ability to pick up our phone and get lots of people's opinions <laughs> on things. Um, but we're right. slowly starting to, I think, return or rapidly from one perspective, return to the sense that actually the only fail safe is to rebuild the trust with ourselves. Right, right. And so what you're talking about before, it's really like uh, the, the foundation to why we become people pleasers and why we put other people's needs first, why we kind of suppress our own emotions. Um, it's really, really interesting how all of that just compounds over the course of your life. And it really makes you who you are because of that imprint. Completely. Yeah. And just to bring in a little bit of science, the way that our brains are structured between zero and seven, some people say all the way up to 14, um, is that we're really in this very impressionable state that's similar to the state that you go into when you're in hypnosis, where your brain is essentially collecting all of the information about the conditions of the world that you live in and setting certain emotional and neurological patterns um, to recreate a certain set of behaviors to keep you safe. And so if you are in an early environment that conditions you to feel like you have to manage other people's emotions in order to keep yourself safe, then that setting gets very firmly set. And the way that it actually works is that, you know, the it's I always sort of see kind of like a, a door closing <laughs> yeah. and, and a lock going on because ideally if you're raised in a really 
powerful life affirming environment, once those settings get put in, um, then you're locked in and you're good for life. But a lot of us have had some faulty programming put in. And so we got to peel back the layers and, and choose again. Yeah. So um, at this point, what do you think that the reason is that most agency leaders sort of resist that diving deeper to understand what their own leadership story really is and what it can be? Mm. For one, I think sometimes we, we question whether or not it's worth even asking the question, you know, what happens if I admit that things aren't going as well as I thought they would, or things are going great, but I don't feel good. Um, If we ask a question without knowing what the answer is, it puts us in a vulnerable place. It puts us in that place of having leapt away from something before we know what the safety net is going to look like. But Mm. paradoxically, in order for the safety net to appear, we have to create that willingness to, to see it. So I think that that, you know, very understandable fear is, is one aspect of it. Um, And I think there's also a lot of scarcity in Mm. our culture where it's like, I don't even have time for like, you know, a 45 minute check-in with my direct reports where I add like a few more self-reflective questions in, you know, versus a 20 or 30 minute weekly check-in like how do I have time to fully delve into the depths of my intuition and, and, and my inner world? And the third piece is that a lot of us have a Pandora's box vibe about what would happen <laughs> if we went into um, that internal realm. I was working with, I guess it was yeah, a financial services um, institution and we were doing a session on empathetic leadership and, and how to connect more fully as a team because there were some some high conflict, high stress environment in a, in a financial situation. I don't yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah. And this like bright eyed young guy raised his hand as we sort of, we were just working on some basic breathing techniques for, um, for regulating when we're really stressed. And he raised his hand and very candidly said, is it weird that I'm really scared about what's going to come up if I take a deep breath? And, I, and it was just this very candid moment that revealed yeah. so much, which is that if we've been suppressing our authentic emotions and our intuition for so long, there could be that sense of, of every of the floodgates opening. Um, But the truth is, is that if you just let the floodgates open and you schedule some time to just feel whatever comes up, then you end up on the other side um, with a lot more clarity. Yeah. And I absolutely was that person. I was like, I don't want this. I'm suppressing it. What's going to happen? It is, it really does feel like a Pandora's box. It's like, I don't want to open that box. It's too scary. It's too much. I'm really afraid of what I'm going to find out. And um, being on the other side of that, I'm like, oh, I have nothing to worry about. In fact, it's incredible. Um, But so yeah, I understand where that fear comes from. Totally. Um, when we last met up um, for brunch in the city, you kind of joked around that um, we could call this the, the theme of this show just like subconscious patterning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the potential title for the episode could be like, why your childhood may be to blame for your business issues. <laughs> um, we had a, a pretty good laugh about it, but um, it's really true. You know, it really is true. So can, can you just talk a little bit about that? Totally. I, I, I love that. And as you were saying that, I, um, the phrase that was coming to mind was the call is coming from inside the house. <laughs> that kind of energy of, yeah, what those, those early programmings, 
Um, no matter how much it seems like a problem is outside of us, it's that other person's behavior. It's that person who made that hiring choice. It's, you know, the way this office is set up. Everything else. The building management, whatever it is. Um, it's ultimately a projection of what's happening internally within us. And so a great question to ask is what's not working well in my business right now? Um, and, and how does it feel? And when is the first time I remember feeling that way, feeling like everybody needs something from me and I just don't have enough time or feeling like, you know, people are volatile around me or feeling like, um, the other shoes always going to drop. Things go well for a while and then they fall apart right. feeling like I have a need and it's always in conflict with what the business needs. Um, these different things we can really look and say, Whoa, <laughs> um, where did that, where did that get set? What was, or, or another, you know, the other way that we can look at it is what was my family like growing up? And do I see those similarities playing out, um, in, in my business right now? Mm. Um, for the agency leaders either watching or listening to this, the ones especially that are kind of just at the precipice of starting to like really peel back and like, you know, hesitantly, uh, you know, peel back that first layer, um, really wanting to know more about their own leadership story. Is there a place that you would, would suggest that they start? Because there's so much information out there, Right we're bombarded with all different things as soon as we go down the, the Google rabbit hole. Um, so is there a place that you would suggest to start, whether it's from a resource perspective or a mindset perspective or, or anything like that? Mm. So I always really, the, the medicine that has always guided my work is how can we make our means reflective of the ends that we seek to create? And so we've been speaking about the power of taking back full responsibility for ourselves and reclaiming our intuition. And so um, the advice that I want to give in this moment is about recreating that relationship with yourself before, you know, going and buying someone else's product and tool and, and things like that. So I would say first is developing some kind of regular practice where you are taking a deep breath with yourself. That could look like a five minute meditation practice. It could look like a specific song that you listen to in the morning while you stretch and you don't do anything else, right? Creating that space where um, you are starting to become more intimate with yourself again, with your inner world. Um, and the, the, the image that came to mind for the folks who are listening to this is first that kind of meditative breath moment of some kind. And then second, um, some kind of journaling or voice note practice where you're actually letting your subconscious speak to you. Um, there's a practice called morning pages from the book, the artist way, but there's lots of different ways that you can automatic write um, and, and just sit down with a page for maybe what you have time for is to set a timer for 10 minutes. Maybe you have a notebook where you just say, I'm going to fill up a page a day. But if we start to, sometimes we can put a lot of pressure on the conversation with ourselves in the same way that like, you know, if you have a kid who's been like, dad, 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 and like trying to get your attention for a while, then you're fine. You sit down and you're like, okay, like let it out, you know, and then, and then they kind of clam up um, or that might, might have happened in, in other relationships that you've had. It's starting to create a regular container for what is true for you to be expressed um, without it being judged, without anybody else needing to see it. I love 
writing, but I know for some people, you know, it might just be actually voice noting, you know, pretending you're on a phone call while you're on the treadmill in the morning or while you're on the exercise bike or while you're walking to the subway um, and just saying, this is what's going on. I'm just going to talk it out with myself right now because that starts to over time when you do that, you start to notice the patterns. And something that I want to offer really quickly here that just keeps coming up from a previous question that you asked is that sometimes we're afraid to ask this because we're worried that the answer is going to be not only <laughs> that we have to make some shifts in our business, but like maybe we don't even want to be running an agency to begin with, right? Maybe yeah. there's something else on the horizon for us. Um, but if the fear and the question is there, the relief lies on the other side of exploring it. Um, and whatever the answer ends up being, it's going to be for your highest good. Yeah, absolutely. And again, I mean, you're, you're hitting it right on like exactly verbatim, like what my experience was when I thought I can't do this anymore. I don't know why I don't, you know, I'm like losing passion for this. I feel like there's something that I was meant for that doesn't really look like this. Um, right at the time when I was about to sell my agency, not knowing that I was going to sell it, but really scared that I was going to sell it because I don't have children. This was my like 14 year old daughter and I was going to like give it away to someone else. Like there's so much uh, emotion attached to that. Um, so I was in that exact same, that exact same boat. And I think that's why there was so much fear you know, uh, in, in that decision. And then once I made the decision, even more fear, what is, what's going to happen next? You know? So, um, I really, really resonate with, with everything that you're saying. Um, is there, uh, is there anything else that you want to just kind of impart right before we wrap up here? Um, this has been a great discussion by the way. Um, but I always want to give you, uh, the, the ability to have, you know, creative license and intuitive license with your platform. Mm. So yeah, two things are coming through. One is, again, kind of just to reinforce this idea of subconscious patterning. We think about the fear of connecting with our intuition of, and by intuition, we just mean your gut instinct rather than someone else's logical opinion about what you should be doing. Um, and you know, why we sometimes have that fear and even you know, thinking about you feeling into making this very bold choice to sell your agency and you know what was the social emotional relational cost of you making a bold claim about how you wanted to live your life when you were a kid right when you were in those sort of early formative environments and um what yeah what was that programming and how could that have made you feel like literally the world was going to end and the way our body sometimes feels physically like I'm going to die. Like I feel like I'm being dangled off a cliff right now. Yeah. That's how it and felt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and understanding that it's a nervous system response that you can work with and shift. Um, and so I, I wanted to offer that to people as well, because sometimes we can have that deep fear that we're literally like tanking our entire lives by doing something that feels good. Um, and so just bringing in that level of compassion and, and, and that perspective. And then I just offer folks that, you know, if this is something that is intriguing to you, um, I have a variety of levels of ways that I work with people on this, including intensive one-on-one -on -one coaching, but also um, different meditation practices and, and little tools that you can use on your own to support um, this, this inquiry, because we are all being called to the next chapter of leadership. Um, and embodying, even if 
we still run the same business in five years, the way we're going to run it is going to feel different. um, And we all get to participate in that co-evolution that we're doing together. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, I will put a a link to your website and all of your information in the show notes so that everybody can access that. And um, again, just thank you so much. I'm so grateful that you're here today. It was such a pleasure to have this conversation. Thank you for having me on. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.